0: As we celebrate together the great 50 days of Easter, let us proclaim the good news of Easter Sunday. Christ is risen.
1: He He is is risen risen indeed. indeed.
0: Alleluia. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us this morning. On each one of the pews near the center aisle, there is a friendship pad. It's a black folder. And we'd love to have you take it and fill it out. Let us know that you're here with us. Whether you're regularly here or whether you're visiting with us today, pass it down the row so that other people have a chance to fill it out too. You can see the announcements of the week that are in the bulletin this morning at 10 o'clock right after this service. Linda White, our choral director, is going to be talking about, over in Tankersley Hall, is going to be talking about her trip to Cuba, her music ministry there a month or so ago. Um, So that would be right after this service. You can go have some coffee and donuts and then... Hop over there and listen to Linda talk about uh, that wonderful ministry that she's involved in. Next Saturday morning is our women's brunch that's going to be talking about the Gallup Strength Finders and your unique way that God has gifted you. Now, the way you get ready for that, however, is that you pay online and you do the Gallup Strength Finder online online and get your results back and then bring those results with you. So a lot of you have done that. If you think you might want to go to that, you need to sign up and do the little inventory online by tomorrow so that they have a chance to to email you the results so that you can bring them with you. I got mine. Very fascinating stuff. I think you will find out some things about yourself that you didn't know. Um, and it's a, then Linda Roberts, who is also our retreat speaker, will be talking through that with us. She has done that for Fuller Seminary and for corporations across the United States. And so uh, we are getting quite a deal. I guess the corporations pay a lot of money to have this happen. Um, but this is a deal through Fuller Seminary for us to be able to do. So if you'd like to do it, be sure you sign up by tomorrow. Uh, Also, you can see all the inside of the connections, a lot of the events that are going on for our anniversary. Each month we are highlighting some aspect of our ministry. This month, of course, Easter, and also our youth ministry as they are going to be returning from their Molokai mission trip later on this afternoon. Also, this week, our art walk. We are going to join back in the art walk for the city uh, on this Thursday. You can see that a couple of our artists, have some works that uh, they would love to sell you that are particularly in honor of uh, our founders. Anna Hills is especially going to be featured in Our Heritage with Anna as one of the original artists in town and also one of the founders of our church. Family Fun Night is coming up. We have a Red Cross Blood Drive coming up in just a couple of weeks. Be sure you sign up to give blood for that. And also lots of things going on for children for this summer. You can sign up for uh, Vacation Bible School and for, uh, or for Surf Camp Club H2O for this summer. And the flowers this morning are in honor of a 48th anniversary, Rick and Kathy Shoemaker. Congratulations, Rick. Congratulations. <laughs> Let's turn our hearts to the Lord.
2: Lord, we come into your presence this morning aware that you are walking with us in the power of your resurrection life that your Holy Spirit is being poured out into our hearts and lives and, and that you want more than anything else to open our minds and to open our hearts to you and to your presence in our lives. We would ask you this morning that as we worship you, that your word will be proclaimed, that your Holy Spirit will bring illumination. And as we come to the table, may our eyes be opened to see you in a way, perhaps we have never seen before we love you lord may you be glorified and honored as we praise you in your name amen
0: The tomb is dark but empty. The one we are looking for has overcome the darkness. The stone has been rolled away. The one we are looking for has overcome death. The burial clothes are put aside. The one we are looking for is alive. We need your presence on the long road, Lord, the road between fear and hope, the road between the place where all is lost and the place of resurrection like the disciples walking the road to Emmaus. We are in need of your company. We believe your promise. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Jesus, you stand among us in your risen power. Open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, our hearts to sing your praise. Let this time of worship be a hallowed hour. Let us stand and praise God together.
1: Psalm 115. Open our hearts this morning. Open our eyes, Lord.
0: so we pray responsively. When our faith stands at the grave, grieving for a stone that's rolled away, forgive forgive us. us. When our faith is short of understanding, though the truth is there to see, Forgive forgive us. When our faith, beset by doubt, sees no further than an empty tomb today, forgive us. Bring to mind the cry of Mary. I have have seen seen the Lord Lord, and and grant grant us us faith faith to to believe. Risen Christ, sometimes we are so busy talking with each other that we fail to find you beside us. We walk on so focused on our questions that we do not create the silent spaces which would allow you to speak to us. And so now in this silence, we ask you to speak. But we pray through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we we are assured that there is no sin so terrible that God cannot forgive. No hurt so terrible that God cannot heal. God accepts, God forgives, and God sets free. Receive the forgiving love of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I
2: invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24 in the New Testament, page 90. In the New Testament, one of the great stories uh, in the New Testament tradition and uh, only told to us by Luke and his gospel. We remember that Luke wrote uh, at least uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. 24 chapters in the gospel and 28 chapters in the Acts of the Apostles. Really one story of the mighty acts of God seeking to bring salvation into our world. So Luke 24, uh, verse 13. This is from Easter Sunday evening. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And as they came near the village to which they were going, he he walked ahead as if he were going on. They urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together they were saying the lord has has risen indeed and he has he has appeared to simon then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread the word of the lord thanks be to god let us pray open our eyes Open our ears, open our hearts, transform our minds. Speak to us from your word. Welcome us at your table, we ask in your name. Amen. Barbara Brown Taylor, one of, in one of her sermons, comments and says that stories have power to them. And that is true because culture and civilization and personal identity are shaped and formed by stories that that we have inherited and which we have heard, which we have received down through the years. They shape and form our national life. They shape and form our spiritual life, our emotional identity. So whenever you read a good novel and become invested in it, A novel like Gone with the Wind, you make friends with the central characters, Scarlet, Rhett, Melody, and when you finish the story, it's like you miss them so much. And it's one of the reasons that might compel you to read the novel again, to listen once again. Or when you read James Michener's Hawaii, you identify with that journey around the Straits of Magellan. And the seas are so stormy. And you're caught up so much in that story that you become seasick with everyone on the boat. That's the power of stories. And God has gifted his people with this magnificent story great story of the Bible through which God speaks to us through Moses the lawgiver, the prophets who proclaim the word of the Lord and the Psalms. We are caught up into this grand and this big story that wants to transform us, to open our minds, to empower us to see And to understand who God is and how God is at work in our world. It's like God rolls up in a scroll a message and he places it in a bottle. For the sake of telling us about himself
3: and about ourselves and about what he is doing in the world. Luke was very much aware of this
2: and he was a master storyteller. And he told his audience from the very beginning in Luke chapter 1 in the prologue to this gospel that he was going to present a story about the great eyewitnesses and servants of the Word of God throughout history from the beginning of time until that very moment. And so he did, but he understood also sometimes it's very difficult to get the message. So he marshaled his story around different types of eyewitnesses. There were positive eyewitnesses who heard messages, who saw Vince, and who understood immediately Who God was and what God was doing. Mary heard the announcement from the angel that she was to be with child, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She was not, she had never known a man. How can this be? she asked. And the angel said, Nothing's impossible with God. Mary's response to that was, Therefore, let it be with me according to your word. Positive eyewitness. All kinds of people who heard, who, who saw, whose eyes were opened and who were able to comprehend and understand. From Mary all the way to the end of the story on Palm Sunday where you have Jesus welcomed into Jerusalem with the religious authorities saying, to the disciples and saying to Jesus, tell your disciples to be silent. Jesus said, I'll tell you, if these were to be silent, the stones themselves would cry out, positive eyewitnesses. Luke tells us the stories about a number of negative eyewitnesses as well. People who heard and could not hear. People who saw and could not see. Simply spiritually blinded. Usually they were the holders of power, the religious, the political authorities who sensed threat from Jesus who even though some of them had been custodians of the story, had never been impacted by the story so that their eyes and minds and hearts were opened. That is one of the most tragic circumstances of life. To be a custodian of a tradition, of a story, of a word, and not understand the word of it in terms of its fulfillment of being spiritually blinded, so many of the rich and the powerful, the holders of power, the religious establishment simply were negative eyewitnesses. They didn't have a clue.
3: But then there were neutral eyewitnesses, and
2: they were the disciples. Over and over again, Jesus spoke his word. He taught them. He wanted nothing more than to open their mind. He he taught them from Scripture. He ate with them. He fellowshiped with them. And at the very end, they still did not understand. It's as if Luke is inviting us to identify with all these different kinds of eyewitnesses and to ask ourselves, Where we find ourselves in that story.
3: And so you've got
2: Jesus who joins two disciples on Easter Sunday evening walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus to their home seven miles away. We don't know exactly where Emmaus was, but it was not too far from Jerusalem. And as they walked along on that Easter Sunday evening, they discussed amongst themselves the things that had been happening in Jerusalem. They were doing theological reflection. It would be wonderful to have a friend with whom you could walk and talk about the really serious things of life. About what's going on in your life and what's going on in the world without being afraid you might offend one another or say the wrong word. Some of us have friends like that. We gather with them regularly. The amazing thing about the story was while they were talking about Jesus, they did not know that Jesus had joined them. That is a very tragic place to find one's life. To be in the presence of the Lord, the resurrected Lord, and to not know who's with you It causes you to wonder about your perception, whether you have any hold on reality or not. So Jesus asks them, What are you talking about? We're talking about the things that have been happening in Jerusalem these last few days.
3: What things? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know what has happened to Jesus of Nazareth? How he was arrested
2: and tried and put to death? And some say now on the third day that he's alive. Some of our women tell us that they've seen
3: angels who said he's alive. Jesus responds to them Oh, foolish men, how slow of heart you are to believe.
2: It's not too far from what John the Baptist said to the religious authorities down at the Jordan River, you brood of vipers who told you to come out here to repent and to be baptized. I mean, there's power in the word. Oh, foolish men, this is confrontation. This is an adversarial relationship almost. This is a calling to accountability. It's almost like saying you've heard it over and over. You've heard Moses. You've heard the prophets. You've you've read the Psalms. You've been in worship. You've been in church. But you don't get it. And so beginning with Moses and the prophets and the psalmists, Jesus worked his way through interpreting the Scriptures, Luke trying to tell us that when God really wants to open our eyes, our ears, our minds, and to transform our hearts, he begins with Scripture because Scripture is the key for unlocking our spiritual
3: perception. And if
2: you're not open and reading and engaging the word, the message in the bottle, if you will, then you're missing out on a connection with ultimate reality. I was watching C-SPAN, their uh, late evening book review, and they had a panel two university professors and a bookstore owner. Both uh, professors were writers of poetry and of novels. The regular interviewer was doing his thing, and it was, a, it was a beautiful conversation going on together about what it takes to become a good writer. And the woman poet and the novelist made the point that, as they all did, that if you're going to be a good writer, you have first and foremost to be a good reader. You've got to enter into the story. You've got to find your own life there. You've got to allow the story to interpret your life to you. I was so pleased that when the interviewer asked them to share what books you've been reading then recently, uh, that she held up uh, Tim Snyder's little book, on tyranny. Twenty lessons from the 20th century. A professor at Yale University that I rec- book I recommended a couple of weeks ago to you. And she said this is going to become a classic because in this he makes a strong case for the importance of reading and of living with respect for words, of being kind to your language believing in truth, and in it he says it's time for Christians, for Christianity to return to the foundational source of what Christianity is about. And of course he is talking about the Bible. The Gospels, Because he knows that they address the human condition and they are the key for spiritual illumination. It's been my hope for the church throughout my ministry, for my own life, that if we Presbyterians just kept our noses, our eyes, and our hearts in the scriptures in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the resurrected Christ, that we might be overwhelmed and reformed
3: by that word.
2: It was a call-in program, and a woman called in. She says, I know your bookstore. I've been in it regularly. I love the bookstore. I love just to hang out there. But she said, listening to this conversation tonight has made me
3: feel really sad. It sounds like you are a group of progressives. And therefore, a conservative would not be welcome. And I don't think I can hang out there anymore. I thought
2: this is a perfect illustration. If so often we bring our preconceptions, whether we're conservatives or liberals, wherever we may be on whatever theological, economic, political, ideology chart, wherever you may identify, we bring all that with us. And that becomes so in. Inhibiting for us to read and to understand and to be touched by the presence of the kingdom of God in our midst. If we could only rediscover what it means to be open and and embracing of all messages. Whether or not we think we agree with them or not. But to learn from one another. From the great canon of literature. But especially in the canon of the scriptures. The law, the prophets, the psalmist, the great literature of devotion, the words of Jesus in the Gospels, there is a crying need. Several of you spoke to me this week about the new Gallup poll that said the millennial generation no longer really wants to come to church just to be entertained or comforted. And if that's all they're going to get, they're not going
3: to come. But what
2: they're hungry and thirsty for is substance, is the truth of the scriptures. We may be in a moment in American history where the church has another opportunity to be a people of substance, a people of the word illumined by the Spirit that can open us up to know that when Jesus is with us and how Jesus is with us and what are the concerns of God are for this world and for God's mission in the world. This may be an opportunity for a new beginning. And so we come this morning to the table of our Lord where we believe as Presbyterians that the word becomes visible here at this table in the same way it did in Emmaus where the word is being interpreted by the resurrected Christ even if it makes us uncomfortable, even if it makes us defensive even if it says to us, oh, foolish men, how slow of heart you are, I've often asked myself, how has it taken me so long to begin to get it? And just about the time I think I've got it, I've lost it. And I have to come back anew at a deeper level in opening my life up to God. Those dear disciples, Popus and his companion, They extended hospitality to Jesus, and when they were at table, the guest became the host.
3: And the stranger took the bread on the table and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And in that moment, their eyes were opened. And they knew that it was Jesus with them. And immediately he disappeared.
2: This is not the kind of savior you're just going to hang on to and use for your own purposes. They ran back to Jerusalem and reported what they had seen, only to discover that he'd appeared to Simon Peter also. This was the beginning of the launching of the church and its great mission Jesus worked with them. He interpreted the scriptures to his disciples. He opened their minds. He shaped and formed them because he knew soon he would pour out power upon them for their mission of opening eyes to the ends of the earth, of being agents of reconciling love, of being proclaimers of the word of the gospel, of setting the table, of breaking the bread in the faith that Christ would be with them in a transformative way of their lives, the life of the ch- Christian communities being formed and the life of the world and God's activity still going on, folks. And Jesus is still walking with us. He's still setting the table and he's still breaking the bread. He's still trying in every way that he possibly can to get us to open up. Please join with me in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead,
1: How can it be the one who died has borne our sin through sacrifice to conquer every sting of death? Sing, sing hallelujah. For joy awaits as dawning lights. When Christ's disciples lift their eyes, alive he stands, their friend and king. Christ, Christ, he is risen. Song him and their hearts believed but blessed are those who have not seen yet sing hallelujah once bound by fear now bold in faith they preach the truth The power that raised Christ from the grave Now works in us to powerfully save He frees our hearts to live His grace Go, tell of His good
0: come to us in unexpected places, in a crowded room, in a journey on a dusty road, in conversation, in the stillness. You come in the midst of our doubt, our fear, our sorrow, and our hearts burn within us on the way. Lord Christ, no pain or suffering is unknown to you you bring us peace. And so we pray for the places where there is no peace, for countries torn by war, for refugees seeking home, for the treacherous, threatening destruction. We pray for Syria, for Egypt and its churches, for St. Catherine's Monastery, for protection and for courage in the midst of the threats that surround them. You bring peace to the tensions and conflicts within us, to the regrets, the failure, the broken relationships, the lost friendships. When we are alone, when we are lonely, when we suffer unseen, you are there. So like the disciples at Emmaus, offered you companionship and bread we offer you what we have in these gifts may our eyes be opened to your holy presence now and always amen please be seated
2: this morning in this in this place may our hearts have been burning by the power of God's Word and Spirit so that we are ready to come to this table and to understand that the host of this table is the resurrected Lord, Jesus the Savior, my Lord and my God, who is alive. And as he was with his disciples, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. Likewise, at that last supper he poured the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. Somehow in this strange and wonderful remembering of the Passover story in the life, death, and resurrection of the Lamb of God, we get in touch with ultimate reality and the kingdom of God moves in upon us. So people will come from east and west and north and south and join at table in the kingdom of God. And this morning is but a foreshadowing of all of God's people gathered around the loving presence of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Let us give thanks.
0: O Lord, we do give you thanks for you made us in your image and set us in your world to love and to serve you when we turned away from you, you came to save us in Jesus Christ, your son. You came with healing in your touch and were wounded for our sins. You came with mercy in your voice and were mocked as one of despised. You came with peace in your heart and were met with violence and death. You broke free from the prison of the tomb And at your command, the gates of hell were opened. You who were dead now live. You made yourself known to the disciples in the breaking of the bread. So send now your spirit to open our eyes that we might recognize you as we take your life in our hands in this broken bread and cup. Here at this table, take our lives in your hands that we may serve you faithfully until the day when we shall feast with all your Saints in the joy of your eternal realm even as we pray together for the coming of that day saying our father Father, who art art in heaven heaven, hallowed be thy name thy Thy kingdom come thy thy will be done done on on earth as it is is in in heaven. heaven Give us us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts,
4: as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
0: For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this, remembering me.
2: And then he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he is present. He has come. The resurrected Jesus is here this morning through the power of his Holy Spirit, alive in your heart and in the proclamation of the church and of the grace of this table. Let us commune together. Would our elders please come and our ushers will bring you a row at a time. Let us worship the Lord.
1: This bread is my body, broken, just for
2: In life and in death we belong to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth in his peace. Amen.